When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody, this is Jen Plank. Oh yeah, I'll never forget when I met Vivian McKinner, like in live, in person. Like not as like a, a as like a fan, you know, because I've been a huge fan of her forever since I was a young stylist. You know, she just, her work is, is just uh, flawless. And her, it's her presence too. You know, when Vivian walks into a show floor or a room, there's just a way about her that you want to know who she is and what she's all about. And I was so lucky because she actually was brought in to, um, teach at one of the salons I was at it was like a celebration and they they would fly in like a really really big famous artist and in that particular year it was Vivian and at the time she had selected there was like six people that got to be the assistants for the weekend and we were this team of like you know we just hung on her every word and stood by her and basically whatever she said we did it and but the cool thing was is we also got to watch her consult with the models backstage and, and and the attention to detail is what I took away from her that day that I'll never forget and I wasn't like a super young stylist I've been in it for at least 10 years and she made me look at the way I look at my clients differently she was so in tune with the woman's face and her eyes and her body language and you know she not only obsessed about the face shape but she watched that woman's energy and she knew how to talk to her in a way that allowed that woman to feel very confident and beautiful no matter what she looked like to herself that day. It was what Vivian said to her and how she said it. You know, it wasn't, I'm just going to open the side of your face up. It was more intense than that. It really, it, it, it brought tears to the woman's eyes and she looked at Vivian and said, I, I don't know how you knew. And I thought, dang, I don't know how she knew either. Like this woman's like, how does she know this? And I just remember paying such attention to her attention to detail on everything for the rest of the weekend. And of course, as a result, her work is is epic and flawless. And of course, it's legendary. And that's just one of the one of the reasons that Vivian McKinder is for sure an icon, for sure. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? What's up, brother? Uh, I'm... And I, I'll probably say this at every podcast. I know, right? But I'm so excited for today. You I know what I mean? Too. Someone that I've that I've followed and admired for so long, uh, and now I get the opportunity to uh, kind of dive in and you know her story. It, it's pretty amazing. I mean, her story is amazing. You know, it's it, it's. It, I'm just blown away. It's. I, let me let's get into it right so i'm just so humbled and, and we were talking about that you know we've only been in up to this for like five or six months and just the people that have that have come on the podcast including our guest today um i actually don't want to hesitate i think we get right in yeah what yeah. do you think yeah I mean, we have so much to ask her i don't want to uh, i don't want to waste it with uh with, <laughs> with our talk back you and i right exactly nobody wants to hear us anymore no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sick and tired of us. <laughs> so today we're going to talk to uh, Vivian McKinder, 
and uh, our Viv, friend Viv, our friend Viv, exactly. So, um, Miss uh, Vivian McKender, she, uh, she she just has. I can't wait to get into her story. Let's let's get in, shall we? Introduce. <laughs> let's do it, uh, Miss Vivian McKender. Thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a delight to see what you're doing. Uh, it, it's it's truly an honor. I mean, you know, I truly believe that you're part of the movement early on that had shaped our industry the way it is today uh, in, in the sense of you know, the artistic creativity, the, you know, the, this, the, the platform artists, the, the you know, and you, you were there from the beginning and it's not, not necessarily the beginning, but you know, early on, it, it's, it's been an, an amazing journey to watch you uh, do what you do. It's pretty amazing. As, as long as the journey has been, and it has been long, um, I, I'm still so curious to learn. And, and I find the more that I put myself out there and try new things, the more I realize how much there is to learn. So, yeah, it's been an incredible journey. And I'm still a student at heart. I mean, that's probably the difference, right? Yeah. It's, if you can ma- maintain that mentality, you know what I mean? You're, you're going to always grow constantly, no matter, you know, through what era, through what uh, trend, through, you know what I mean? You're going to constantly evolve. Yeah, exactly. Before we, uh, before we get into that, uh, can you tell us uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in London and um, I started my hairdressing career at the London College of Fashion because I thought I was going to do hair for either film or theater because I, as a child, grew up in the theater. So, when I realized my dancing body was not going to be doing too much more dancing <laughs> at the age of 19, I felt my life was over. Um, I thought, well, I'll go behind the scenes. And um, I was so intrigued by the characters that would come off of the street and, and change backstage into their costumes. And I would always notice that they really didn't transform until they put their wigs on or facial hair and the makeup and so on. And then when they'd step onto the stage, they were this totally different person. But when they walked into the theater, it was just Fred, you know, Fred wearing his coat. (laughs) And I just saw the power of a transformation. And I think that impacted me so much, which is why still today, probably my favorite place is to be in a photo studio because it's the totality of a look that I fall in love with. So you knew, like when you were at the London school, you knew that um, that hair was going to be a direction? How, how did that come about? Well, I, when I, actually, when I stopped dancing, uh, a dear friend of mine said, well, Vivi, darling, you know, if you're going to do something creative, why don't you be a hairdresser? She said, because it, 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 it encapsulates many of the things that you like. And also it, set in, felt, it fell into the story that I just mentioned to you. And, um, she said, if you're going to go anywhere, you've got to go to the best of the best. So she said, the London College of Fashion, which was a two-year uh, degree program. And then from there, when I left, I didn't really know what to do. And I got a job offer at the BBC. And the person that I knew there was the head of the, uh, the department. And a lot of the pieces that she worked on were the period pieces, like the Jane Eyre and all those classic British uh, pieces. So I would have been able to do that type of work. But something inside of me said, it's not right. And what I didn't know, but I think there's such power when you listen to your intuition, because your intuition, I think, has such an intelligence that our brain can't figure out, is that I didn't have a skill for continuity. And I also didn't have a skill for repetition. 
which was why I never ventured off to become a colorist because there's a lot of repetition in foiling work. Uh, there's a lot of repetition in doing the same character on a film set or for theater, the same character over and over again. And so instead, like some people get better with repetition, I get worse. So I recognized, and I didn't really know it the way I just described it to you, but I just recognized something was wrong. So again, my dear family friend said to me, well, Vivi, darling, you know, if you really don't know what you're doing, you have to go and work for the best of the best. And she said, that has to be the Delsa Soons. So that was the door that then I sort of stepped into. And, and the funny thing is that before that, when I was at college, I had the opportunity to work with a really high-level hairdresser in London who did aristocrats and royalties hair. And when I saw the, the, the wedding, the royal wedding, just a few weeks ago, I was sort of thinking, gosh, how different my career would have been if I had stayed with Andrew, because I would have been doing all the royalty type of hair. And I probably would have been part of that whole scene. And I chose not to go down that path because I thought they were so stuffy and frumpy. And, I, and they did, it was very boring traditional hair. And when I saw Sassoon, it was rebellious and it was edgy and it was so, so, so different. And I thought, well, I'm going to go for the edgy one. And really, to this day in London, there's the hairdressers that deal with the aristocrats and that level and celebrity. And then there's the Tony and Guy and the Sassoons and the Trevor Thorbys that do street, edgy kind of hair. And I took that path. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, you know, those are the guys, I think, in our industry that most of us uh, kind of look up to as well. And certainly, I mean those that have been in the industry for more than a couple of years certainly, yeah. <laughs> certainly look up to those yeah. guys. I mean, Tony and I kind of grew up in a, in a uh, Tony and Guy salon. So we're very familiar with Tony and Guy. Um, but, you know, we would go to the Sassoon's uh, school in London and, and train as well. But uh, yeah, so we grew up with those guys as well. Trevor Sorby, I met uh, with Graham Webb Academy and we were blessed to, to actually be in London for a little bit at Graham Webb and uh, meet Trevor. And But uh yeah, those those guys have been Just our mentors as well. Absolutely. You said you got the nerve or brave enough to call Sassoon's or the how how'd you get there? <laughs> oh, that story. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I the hardest phone call I ever made was to the Dell Sassoon's because even though I worked for the company for years and I went from you know an apprentice to a stylist to an artistic director. Um, when I was at Sassoon's, Vidal had gone, had left. He was in the United States. So years passed by and I wrote a book. I did a book and I thought, gosh, it would be so marvelous if Vidal would uh, write the foreword for the book because I wouldn't be the hairdresser I am without giving homage and thanks to my mentor. So I thought, well, why would earth would he do that, right? So I thought, well, I'm going to call. And I was totally terrified. And I called him and, he's, and I said, would you consider writing the foreword to this book? And so he said, well, come in and see me. So I went into the office in Los Angeles and um, I was terrified. I thought I was going to die from sheer nerves. And I, it, it's, it's such a dreadful feeling to be sweating from head to toe. And when you're a redhead, it doesn't take much for you to look incredibly red. So I, I went there and I was so nervous and he looked, it was so cute. I, I gave him contact sheets because that's all I had because the book hadn't gone to, to, to print. Mm-hmm. So he's looking through the contact sheets and he wore his glasses on the end of his nose and he's looking through in this silence. 
And I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. Well, who are you kidding, <laughs> Vivian? So this is the head talk that gets in our ways to often take us off course. And so I'm, think, I'm thinking, oh God, this is a disaster. Vivian, just leave, just leave, just go right now. Who cares? And anyway, all that nonsense. Anyway, he eventually, he looks up at me and he puts his glasses down on the, the desk and he stares at me for a long moment. And he says, <laughs> he says, this is beautiful. And I went, what? what? He said, this is beautiful. He said, I'd be honored to write the forward for your book. And what happened was it started to kindle a relationship that I'd never really had. And then I thought, oh, that's pretty powerful. And then years passed by and I thought, I want to make documentary series about our industry because the most precious thing we have as an art form is our history. And every time I work with fashion designers, they always reference back to a point in history and nod to the 50s and nod to the 20s. And they blend it and fuse it with other sensibilities to come up with something new. So the history of an art is really important. And I thought, well, I have to preserve the, the, the history of our craft. And I want to tell the story about the rags to riches stories of Bedell and iconic hairdressers who've shaped the type of hair that we do today. So my second really difficult call was to call Vidal again and say, Vidal, I'd like to make a movie about your life and I want three iconic hairdressers. I'd like you to be one of them. Would you consider doing it? And he said, absolutely, it would be an honor. Now bear in mind, I didn't go to film school. I never went to journalism. I had no background in any of this, but I had a desire. And I think when desire is so great, you attract the right people into your universe. So I attracted into my universe a photographer, videographer, and a journalist from Paris. And he coached and guided me. And I learned the art of asking a question because a great interview is one where you, you ask the question to get the answer you want. And it's just like a consultation with a client. You ask the question to get the answer that you want. And it may be, you know, the length of the hair, the tonality of the hair. You, there's an answer you're searching for. So there's power in the right question. So I learned so, so much. And the genius thing about when the film was complete, he called me one day and I was in my apartment in New York. And I pick up my phone and he says, hello, this? And I said, who's this? And he said, it's Fidel. I went, who? He said, Fidel Sassoon. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, was the right I, was like, I, I was like screaming right and he said the, he said the reason I'm calling you is I'd like the phone number please of Trevor Sorby and Robert Labetta who are both in that film he right. said I want to thank them for the, the gift that they have given to our industry wow. and that was the grace and the humanity humility of a man that is so extraordinary. And to me, that's a hero because he's so gracious. Uh, and I speak about him in the, way, in the present because to me, he's still alive. People like that, that's why their legacy lives forever, right? Because of the humility and, and being so humble and gracious that, you know what I mean? It just makes you of, in awe of him. Yeah, I mean, Trevor definitely, and I, I think this is part of his legacy, and Viv, you can, you can chime in here, but he appreciated the hairdresser. Yes, he did. He did, because I think all of the people that I was fortunate enough to interview during the film series, 
they all cared about the craft and they all recognized that we're only as strong as our weakest link. And if we don't raise the integrity and we don't, if we don't raise the value, we won't be able to get the, the financial reward that we deserve and we won't get the respect from the public. And we so often will shoot ourselves in the foot by shortcutting our education, by thinking that watching a one-minute video on Instagram is a learn when it's not. Um, it's just an idea. Uh, and, and hairdressers are there, and sometimes are their own worst enemy because to be great in any craft, you've got to be a lifelong learner. You've got to stay open. You can't be a snob. And I think our industry has probably the more snobs than anything. I Like snobbish, oh, I don't use a razor. Or snobbish, oh, I won't use foils. Or snobbish, oh, no, I would never hand paint. It's like, I think it's so important to have a very open mind because in an open mind, you're open to opportunities. And from opportunities, you grow. And I think that when we become narrow-minded, uh, we, 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 we lose so, so much. And I think that's our biggest problem today. That's true, because you can, if you look at like artistry, right? Imagine someone who draws it. Oh, I never use paint, and then a painter say, "Oh, I never use watercolor." Then you you miss so much beautiful artwork, right? And that's just like our industry, right? Once you said, "I won't use something," then you cut out a piece of creativity. Yeah, absolutely. Then huh. we got to go backwards for just a sec. Well, two things. One is um, I meant to say Vidal and I said Trevor. And two, we never, <laughs> never mentioned the name of your movie. So this would be the time to do your shameless plug. What's, what's the name of that great movie about hairdressers? And the book. And the book. Well, the book was called Montage. It's, it's no longer in print. So it's called Montage. And, but the film series is called I'm Not Just a Hairdresser. And uh, so there are four documentaries. And um, yeah, they're, they're pretty special. And everyone who I interviewed uh, shared so much from their heart. And, and I think to your point, you know, people are often rewarded in public for what they do in private. And I think that the mission of what you're doing with your podcast is to, to share people's successes, but also go underneath the hood mm-hmm. to discover what it actually took to, to, to go there to be successful because there's always a price that you pay and I think for every person who's listening it's like well what level do you want to play at and that becomes more of a lifestyle choice because it's the challenge today of the work balance lifestyle which is a big big thing that's coming up in so many salon businesses and I think that's also uh, increased the desire to be an independent stylist yeah that was perfectly said that was beautiful the words of miss vivian mckender right <laughs> our friend viv our friend viv <laughs> hashtag <laughs> our friend viv <laughs> we're definitely going with that right <laughs> i think you guys will be so much fun to party with i think we have to make a date after this hey can you both, can you dance no, we can't dance. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> it won't stop us. My daughter was like you. My daughter is uh is was quite the dancer until she tore both of her lay rooms in her hip. She was like almost oh. like she was she loved dance and she danced all the way up through high school and then after she graduated she just couldn't dance anymore because of her hips. Uh, oh. but uh yeah, so her and I she she would her and I would dance all the time and uh she looked great, uh, and I look not so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it didn't stop us from trying. No, yeah. Never. So, but yeah, we would love to party and dance with you. Oh, we're definitely dancing with her. 
scared as a date. <laughs> right. So, so when you made that phone call to Sassoon's uh, and, and asked about the book, were you the artistic director at that time for Sassoon's or was it before that? No, I'd left. I left Sassoon's and um, I had left Trevor Sorby um, and I was independent and I was trying to find my place. And I think that's a big message that first of all, you have to um, be mentored and taught by the best of the best of the best if you want to be the best and be have discernment as to who you get your education from. And today, because we can self-publish, doesn't always mean the people who are teaching you truly are qualified to teach. And in many professions, you need a degree and you need qualifications in order to teach your subject. So whether you go to uh, YouTube to learn how to paint a house or bake or whatever, you know, have discernment as this person qualified, are you getting the best information out there? So once you've got that great information and you're part of a brand that establishes a look, when you do want to go off and be independent, you then have to define, well, who are you? And you have to reinvent yourself because I had to reinvent myself many, many times throughout my career every time a new door would open. And I think the courage to reinvent means that you have to let go. And there's a beautiful quote, to discover new horizons, you must have courage to lose sight of the shore. So to go off in, and continually grow in your career, you have to let go in order to grab onto something new. So for, for myself, I was very fortunate to have great education. I had a pedigree education. And I have to tell you, any time I would be filled with self-doubt, um, I'd always have to remind myself, this, you know, you've, you've been trained by the best of the best. You know, they wouldn't have pushed you out there to do these things if you didn't have something. So if you don't believe in yourself right now, believe in their belief in you. And I think we all need that in our career because I think there are always times when we have self-doubt and it's who's going to win. And uh, you've got to really do your very best in every situation because we work with the public. So we can't throw away a mistake. Um, that's why we have dolly heads. <laughs> right. So you said they pushed you out. I mean, obviously, you're you're an amazing innovator, a great entrepreneur. But who inspired you to be your creativity and in business throughout your career? Um, I, I, you know, I think that the, like we have, there's a great book called Now Discover Your Strengths by Marcus Buckingham. And it's a wonderful book. There's an audio version and part of the way through it, you take an aptitude test. And when I took this aptitude test, I was so surprised and, and things made, came true for me because we have themes. We have signature themes of behavior that, that make us who we are. Well, one of my traits is high, high level of creativity. I just naturally have that curiosity uh, to explore and say, what if? And that was encouraged as a child. So I was the kind of child that would get a box and make it into something. I would, I would always be in this fantasy world. And my mother always used to say as a child, she didn't even know that I was there because I would be in my bedroom with my sister and we would be playing make-believe. We would turn the bed into a ship and we would be sailing off into the sunset. So my imagination was encouraged. And then, then of course, as a dancer, I was always using my imagination. So when I came into hairdressing, um, it was encouraged to use your imagination, to visualize something that doesn't exist. And I think to be a good hairdresser, 
you have to have incredible visualization because you have to see a shape, color, and design before it's crafted. And it's not like a fashion designer where they would do a drawing and then make the garment and then you put the garment on. And if it doesn't work, you take it off and you try something else on. For us, that would be a wig, wouldn't it? So right. for us, we have to have incredible imagination. And creativity truly is the ability to solve a problem. And, you know, the client comes in, her hair is not doing certain things. So you use your creativity to say, how do I balance? How do I make her face look slimmer? How do I make her look younger? How do I give her something that's low maintenance? How do I make it bohemian? How do I make it rock and roll? So you ask yourself all of these questions, which is the richness of a, a brilliant consultation. And in that consultation is where your creativity can, can flourish. If you have a consultation, which is, hi, Mrs. Jones, how much are we cutting off today? That's not creative. <laughs> That's so true. You're right. You're just, yeah, you're same old, same old, or you're just going to repeat what you've done or what someone else has done. Right. Exactly. So Vivian, have you, when you, um, I mean, just to be frank, when, when, when you reach a rut or when you're not feeling motivated or you're not feeling creative, is, do you have certain techniques that you use or, or how do you get through yeah. that? Yeah, because it happens. Usually a rut comes along because you're stuck, um, too much repetition, uh, lack of progress. Human beings need progress. A sense of progress enables you to feel like you're growing. Um, so when there's no progress, and it can be financial, it can be technical, it can be wrapped up in the soft skill area, it can be anything. Um, it can be outside of the industry that, that shuts you down. Uh, so for myself, uh, balance is critical. I work extremely hard. So I'm an achiever. So for an achiever, and for any achievers out there, you'll understand this. For an achiever, when you wake up in the morning, it starts with zero. So whatever you achieved yesterday doesn't count because today's slate is zero and we're now going to achieve something. So when you have that kind of drive, you've got to find balance. So for myself, I have a horse. So I, the moment I go and ride my horse, I find my balance again. Uh, so sometimes it's balancing. Sometimes it's a health issue where you're not nurturing and taking care of yourself. Sometimes it's a lack of rest. For example, if you do not rest your brain and sleep well, they have put it in the same category as when, you're, when your brain is not resting, when we sleep, it is de uh, sleep detoxifies the brain. And yeah. when we don't do that, we can't work at our best. And they actually put lack of sleep in the same category as, as alcoholism and drug abuse because the brain needs time to rest and rejuvenate. So exercise, good food, all the things we hear a thousand times right. is 100% true because, you know, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do if I hadn't done that. So I think that when you hit burnout, it, these are the questions you need to ask. Am I taking care of myself physically in terms of health, rest, the food that I'm taking? Am I, if I meditate, so am I, how's my mental stability? Um, how do I set a new goal? What's going to get me excited? What do I need to do to get out of my rut? Um, and, and just do that. Sometimes just, you know, you need to go on a journey. And sometimes the biggest journey is not actually miles on an airplane. It's the journey from your head to your heart and saying, you know, what is it I need to do? 
So that to me is really powerful. And I actually use a coaching model and I use it when I'm doing, I do a train the trainer program and I use it in that. And the first question is what? What is your goal? Your second question is why? Why have that goal? Your third question is how? And then the final one is what if? What if you do? And what if you don't? Wow. And and when I use that, it gets me out of whatever I'm, you know, whatever my problem is. And trust me, I have challenges. I have roadblocks. I, I founded Hair Designer TV over 18 years ago when everyone had dial-up. So if you don't <laughs> think I, I know of a business model that has been a challenge all the way through to the point now where everyone self-publishes and people education for free and mine's not a free model mine's a paid model and I take it very seriously and I have over 900 videos on hair designer TV that didn't happen overnight so I could write a book on being beaten up I could write a book on struggles heartache disappointments frustrations um, and it's passion and a relentless determination to succeed and the want and the why has to be really huge because there are days when you just say, I'm done. But there has to be something bigger. And we all get it. I mean, sometimes it can be just one client in that day that didn't quite like what you did and it can ruin an entire day. Meanwhile, you had 10 clients that love you. And you remember that one client that didn't. So we all have problems, but it's how we respond to the problem that's more of the issue. Absolutely. Man. I know. I feel like I'm at uh, Miss Vivian's uh, church here. That's that's what what great advice for, you know for any hairdresser. Even if you know, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully the the young hairdressers can just take all this information and and uh, you know take it to heart and run with it. But it it's also an inspiration for the, all those hairdressers that that are in that rut or are just you know what I mean, struggling to define their love or their inspiration again. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, beautifully said, thank you so much for uh, sharing, sharing your heart with us. That's amazing. Vivian. So, um, you know, again, kind of using social media, kind of using like Instagram and Facebook and, you know, just where, where as hairdressers we're seen now, um, I kind of, I, I think the next, like we're seeing a lot of vivid colors. Now we're seeing a lot of balayage and, and just my own opinion, like where do we evolve past this? And I think where we evolve past this is we kind of go back. And I think, I think there's going to be a real emphasis on dressing hair again. Um, and certainly, you know, growing up with the Robert Labettas and the, uh, and the Trevors and the, and the Vidal Sassoon's and the Vivian McKinders and the, and the Chris Sorbys, you know, where, where there was so much focus on dressing hair. Do you, do you kind of see that as well? Or do you have an opinion about that? Yeah, I, I think that um, it's wonderful what's happened for color in our industry. It's exciting. It's um uh, this the Instagram platform of trending really doesn't have very much to do with what's trending at consumer level and in consumer magazines. Like you're not going to really see in any of the vogues around the world or Harper's Bazaar uh, those those colours and that. But it has been a really nice micro trend that the industry has been able to play with because it can self publish. So I think you know, that will continue for a while. Um, I think the refreshness now is to start seeing some of the longer hair go shorter into sort of a bob line um, uh, because either the hair is so damaged it has to be cut off or people are feeling like I just look like everybody else. Um, so I think that there's that kind of interest. 
yes to dressing hair and dressing hair in a way that's relaxed and lived in, um, which is a step above what the client could do at home. And that is an art form. And, you know, I have people come and study with me and study dress work. And studying it is one thing, but you've got to go away and practice it and practice it and practice it. I mean, I I just did a, a bridal story in a beautiful mansion here in New York. And it's a Vanderbilt mansion. And it was beautiful. And I did nine looks on this bride, uh, one girl, nine looks, within the day, shooting around the different areas of the mansion and in the grounds. And I would say, and I actually filmed it all and I put it on my website. And I would say the average dress style took about five to nine minutes to do. That's about the average. Well, that speed didn't come from anything other than practicing and practicing and practicing and having such a strong arsenal of technique that I know what to do and what not to do. And also understanding where I invest my time and where I don't waste my time. So I do think that dress work will will definitely be an important thing. But I think that the trend after this Obviously, it's going to go back. Curl, I think, is going to be really, really huge. And we will start to see perms. And then the trend after that, it will become all about haircutting again. Because we haven't been doing exciting haircuts, apart from in barbering, for probably about um, 15 years. It's been predominantly layers. And I love layers and I like long layers and I love the opportunity to dress layers from rock and roll to bohemian to very chic. So I think that we are now going to move, while dress work is important, I think the next cycle, and I'm saying future, will be going back to doing some really great little graduated haircuts because the right look on the right person is genius. And I'll tell you where we've lost the story. We lost the plot. When a hairdresser looks at a client and just thinks technique, how many inches, where is it shorter, where is it longer, and tries to sell a shape without taking into consideration how loud or quiet the look should be, where she lives in the wheel of fashion, how sensual or non-sensual would that look be, from there designing to face shape, and then the final, final thing, technique. When we put technique first and we don't put the other elements, I call them the three wheels of fashion and face shape. When we don't put them in the correct order, we're doing a genius haircut, but possibly on the wrong person. And it doesn't matter how brilliant your technique and brilliant your color, if it's on the wrong person, it's a failure. You can do a mediocre haircut with mediocre technique and on the right person. It can be genius. And I think many of us have lost the plot. Wow. Boom. We just got boomed from our friend Viv. Man, that was that was, that that was deep. That, that that's so true. And as you were saying it, I can feel I, I, feeling it and seeing it, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. One one hundred percent. Vivian, thank you very much. I mean, would that be <laughs> We were going to go to, uh, you know, what, what do you give to the next generation of hairdressers coming out, those that are in hair, hair school, but I don't even know if you can get kind of past that. Uh, that's well, exactly- but, but I think, but you know, I, I work with a lot of age groups, right? And what you have to be mindful of is if you don't have a balance between great soft skills, which is the ability to design and read a face shape, the ability to understand how quiet or loud a hairstyle should be. You know, some people, when you talk to them and they're a quiet person, you bring down your voice and you say, yes, and we're going to actually do this, this, and this, and this. When you have someone who is really 
extrovert and energetic. If you raise your voice, you match their energy. And we connect on an energy level. So words can be very weak if the energy is not matched. So you always match energy. So when you start to understand what I'm speaking to now, then when you add your strong technique and you have versatility to your technique and you practice, then you have so much success and you won't burn out because you're not doing cookie cutter hairstyles. You understand if I shift the parting here, I open her face. If I move the parting there, if I make an, a long parting, a, a, a short parting, all of these little things, if I change her skull shape, I change her face shape. So because very few people teach this and I've spent so much time teaching it and it's on my website, right? I have so much of this stuff on my website where I'm trying to help people design with the with a bigger picture versus just looking at the detail. So I would say that would be the big, big thing for kids today. And then the other thing, I mean, it's proven in statistics. Dr. Amen, uh, the, the gentleman who is New York Times bestseller, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life. I mean, an amazing man. Um, you know, he was saying in the recent statistics that the, the number one cause of death in the youth today is suicide. And the number one way to get depressed is spending too much time in social media. Because if you're, you're no longer connecting with another human being. So we are blessed that we're in an industry where we connect with humans. But if we spend so much time worrying about how much people like us, and worrying about our following, and worrying about this, that, and the other, and it, stops to, it starts to go through valleys and peaks, our our worth is then wrapped up in something very external and it's very, very fragile. And I think that to the young kids today, use social media and use these platforms to build your brand, the balance, because if you take it out of balance, it's very, very unhealthy. And we haven't seen the end of this yet. And I believe the generation who's currently in high school are the ones that are getting to witness you're missing life. If your face is buried into your phone, you're missing so much of living life. We're human beings that should be connecting with other human beings. And if you don't develop people skills, connecting skills, and be able to read the look in someone's eye, read body language, you can't text the consultation. So I think that would be my biggest warning sign. And the young kids that are in school today are seeing that. And they're saying now that these kids are actually saying, I'm taking a mental break from social media platform because they're getting to see the, the negative of it. And anything in life, when it's excessive, is out of balance and it's not healthy. So that's my word of caution to any young hairdressers today. Wow. Thank you. I know, right? <laughs> this has been an incredible month, you know, you kind of think of, you know, just the nuggets that Chris gave us and the nuggets that, uh, that Michael Cole gave us. And then, oh man, I mean, Vivian is... Uh, She's right there, man. You know, amazing. Vivian, so you've done so much and you've worked with so many uh, amazing artists. And like, what's your proudest moment? Gosh, proudest moment. Um, there have been, been quite a few, I have to say. I, I think I always feel a sense of satisfaction when I've done a photo shoot that really has exceeded my expectation. Mm -hmm. That's always a great feeling. Um, I'm always proud of the people who I've trained who've gone on to build their own empires. That's always highly gratifying and, and special. Um, I would say 
winning the Lifetime Achievement Award was was special, although it felt premature because I felt like I still hadn't achieved enough. But that was a special moment to uh, be recognized by my industry um, that I respect. Um, so it was more respecting the people who had deemed me worthy of that. Um, but I, I suppose really the probably my, my, my baby that I've been nurturing for 18 years would be Hair Designer TV because it's now starting to um, have its own life and it's changing people's lives, which is powerful. I had a lady who um, was very lost and she reached out to me. She wrote, wrote me an email saying, I'm really lost. I don't have enough money to, to retire. I, you know, she was just, it was a heartbreaking story. So I, I said to her, would you like me to recommend some coaches to you that could help you? Anyway, long story short, I ended up uh, coaching her with my <laughs> sister who's in, that, who's in the healing business. And uh, I said, do you mind if we record the session so that we may help other people too? And she was happy to do that. And it, we discovered that her, she had anxiety around new guests. And I thought, you know, I suppose I have anxiety every time I have a new guest. I do, because I care, right? And she said, but my anxiety is big. She said, because my consultations are not good. So I said, but that can be fixed. I said, there's a protocol to a consultation and you can learn it. And she said, well, no one's ever taught me that. So I put her onto my website. I said, I want you to only study soft skills for one month. After the one month, we then re-interviewed her again. We, we filmed it as well. And um, I said, so tell me about what's happening. She said, I cannot believe the difference. She said, my business has tripled and my clients don't even recognize who I am. They're saying, who is this amazing lady? Wow. And she said, I have confidence now for the first time, which is very powerful because she'd been in the business for 26 years. Whoa. I just got the chills. Yeah. You know, what's the uh, website? It's Hair Designer TV. Dot com or dot net or it's her, dot her com. Dot, dot com dot com. Okay. Yes. Hair Designer TV dot com. Yeah. So that that's a proud moment because that is. That's more in, important than an, an award. An award is, is, is lovely because you can market and leverage credibility. That's the only reason for an award. It, it just says um, I, I'm worth um, training with. You know, it's, a, it's a credibility thing. It's a credential, right? Um, I don't see it as an ego piece. I see it as something that just says, okay, she's, she's not fooling around. She can do what she, she says. So that's where award begins and ends. And anyone who wins an award should be smart enough to understand you've got to learn how to leverage it. Well, back to the back to the lady that you helped. I mean, that that's rewarding because it's literally life changing, right? Yes, she literally yes. changed this woman's life. That's that's yeah. that's that's what the you know beautiful uh, piece of uh, our industry is when you have you know you have people who like, you know, go back to your awards and, you know, they take it and they, it boosts their ego and they create this uh, kind of illusion of who they are. And then you have people like, you know, Vidal and Vivian, you know, people who, who actually changed this industry and changing people's lives, but yet they, they're still humble. They're still, you know, there's humility. There's, they don't, they don't use it to brag about it. They use it to say, Hey, look, I can help you. You know what I mean? It, you like, like she said, it was credentials, right? She's not mm -hmm. using it to boast her for herself. She's using it to, uh, 
You're not even using it. It's just there. <laughs> it's just there. We're using exactly. it. We're using it so right. we can talk about it. That's uh, absolutely the truth. But yeah, that's you know, it just it's beautiful. And she's here sharing her story and sharing, uh, you know, hair designer TV with us to to how it changes uh, a lot of people's lives and uh, it's beautiful, quite beautiful. That's amazing. Hey, Vivian, what, um, or my friend Viv, right? Is that what we're going with? Yeah. Hashtag my like friend that. Viv. <laughs> I like that. So is, is there anything at the industry, um, the hair industry has given that, um, that you don't think um, you could have gotten anywhere else? Uh, I think the ability to travel around the world um, has been incredible because right. usually when you're going on a job, it's to a great place. Um, you get to not feel like a tourist. You, you, you're working in the country. Uh, you get to look at different cultures and um, have a d- deeper appreciation for the differences of, of people and, and how similar we all are at the same time. So I think travel has probably been the hugest thing. And then, you know, when you work with extraordinary people, whether it be a celebrity or whether it be, you know, on a great fashion show in New York or, or working with amazing designers, working with really brilliant people, so I think that opportunity, because anyone who's got hair on their head needs to have their hair done. So it's the level that you want to play at. It's the prestige of the salon that you are in. And it's how comfortable you are working with high-profile people. Um, sometimes it's not that easy and sometimes it's not that pleasant. So it, it, that's a variable. So if your personality matches uh, that, that type of thing, it opens a whole nother world of interesting experiences that would be hard to find somewhere else. And the fact that in one hour you can transform someone's look, hopefully for the better, and hopefully have them leave the salon feeling so beautiful and looking so beautiful, um, there's not many businesses that do that. That's fantastic. Hey, before we uh, ask you this uh, last question, is there anything you would like to share with our listeners or anything that you uh, would want to uh, just just give the, you know, any advice you want to share? I, I think that to have, um, well, there, there's three really important things that are my guide in what I do. And it's the three laws of compensation because we're all in this business to make money. Um, so the first thing is you've got to always work on your skill. You've got to constantly, constantly study and work on developing your skills and be efficient with your skills. The second thing would be demand. You've got to know what's in demand or be a pioneer and create the demand. Uh, So it's being in demand, which means your relevance to the market. And then the third thing is be aware of or ask yourself this question, how easily could I be replaced? Mm. Because if what you're doing is common, your value has decreased. So skill, demand, and being, I would say not irreplaceable because everyone can be replaced, but being expensive to replace. That would be another thing because when you have those three and you build your brand, then you are worth more in the marketplace. And what that number does is drives behavior. And successful people have successful rituals, successful habits that produce a successful result. So those three points can be a guide. It's measurable, uh, which is important. That way you can see if you're progressing or you're stagnant. 
And I think also having an accountability partner, whether it's your loved one, whether it's somebody in the salon, when you have an idea to to do something, tell somebody, I have this idea, I'm going to do this. So say, for example, you're going to do, well, I'm going to go online, I'm going to study, and I'm going to make a commitment to once a week, take one hour, I'm going to block it out of my book, and it's going to be my study time. Well, you times that by 52 weeks in the year, that's, that's more than going to some workshop somewhere or going to some hair show. That is a measurable change. Now, if you tell someone you're going to do it and you write it down and it's in a book, it's going to happen because your accountability partner will say, hey, <laughs> what happened this week? Uh, slept in. Yeah, but you said you were going to do that. Uh, well, then you obviously don't want to be great, right? So that's yeah. an accountability partner. So we all need one, uh, whether it's your mom, your dad, or as you say, someone in the salon. So I think, you know, if there's nothing else today, um, start to look at your goals. Um, and, and start to write down the goals because when you write them down, they become real. And you have to decide, you know, what kind of hairdresser do you want to be and where do you want to be in a year's time? And, you know, who in your space? You see, human behavior is contagious. So who in your space would you like to be more like? Wow. Who in your space is bringing you down? And, you know, it's, it's raising the bar all the time because, as I say, we flourish when we progress. I think Vivian's going to get an email from me at, at the end of this because I think I need an accountability partner. And I'm going to rely on hashtag my friend Viv. Go to hair design a TV, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, two things real quick. So my, my best friend Viv, that hashtag my best friend, Corey's best friend Viv. Um, uh, I was oh, talking I to her. Like I just got left out. Dog. You, you totally did purposefully. She's my, she's my accountability partner, man. Didn't you hear her? <laughs> uh, Vivian so last night I was uh, I was actually talking to Presley Poe and she wanted me to say thank you very much for what you did for the industry and she just kind of wanted uh, Presley Poe's name and Vivian McKinder's name in the same sentence so there's our shout out to Presley Poe and uh, oh, she's secondly, wonderful she's brilliant right she, uh, she's absolutely wonderful wonderful and we're planning to do a workshop together um, uh, icon and influencer um, at the end of this year. So I wanted to play with someone who has an incredible aesthetic and talent and what a sweetheart. We are huge, huge fans of her and she's yes. become, she certainly becomes somewhat of a mentor to us and, um, and where, where, where our journey and our travels go. So, uh, again, I guess I'll publicly say thank you to Presley Poe re real quick. And then before we move on, okay, you ready for the last question? And this is the killer question. You, sh you ready? Yes. Okay, so the, the setup for this question is uh, no BS is allowed. So we, you can't say like, you know, world peace and all that stuff. That, that, that's a given. That's what we all want. But what is uh, Vivian McKenna, my best friend Viv, what's Vivian McKenna absolutely obsessed with? Uh, love, uh, to do things in love. Um, because I think when you do things in love, there's gratitude. Uh, when you do things in love, there's consideration for others. Uh, there's honoring your body is saying thank you to my heart for beating without me thinking about it. Uh, thank you for my lungs for breathing without me thinking about it. Um, I think if you, we could start every single day with if the challenge would be your first email of the day or your first text of the day, be it a text of gratitude and love um, without asking for anything back. Uh, I think that would be more beautiful. So I, I, I love to create love, right? a beautiful environment, beautiful garden. Um, I have a very beautiful husband. 
so uh, my motivation is definitely love. Um, and I think that's the kindest thing and our world needs so much love. And knowing where to draw the line. Um, if somebody has toxicity, it's contagious. And it's better to sort of, if they don't want to be helped, it's better to love them from a distance because it's it's not a good energy to be around. So, um, yeah, love. Wow. Once again, yeah, school. It, it fits the podcast, <laughs> this whole podcast, right? I mean, everything she did, you could tell uh, was from her heart. So, Absolutely. You know. I also like what she said, like, to, uh, well, you know, like our definition of gift, right? Like so many people think that, uh, you know, giving a gift and expecting a thank you card back, that was never a gift, right? Because the intention was wrong. Right. It's all exactly. about the intention. You know, a gift is only to give with no expectation of return. Otherwise, it's always been an investment. And she right. mentioned that in giving love and giving gratitude. And, and 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 to that, my best friend, Viv, I mean, you know, thank you for giving, um, uh, giving gratitude. Right. And giving yeah, love. Right. Giving mean, so much to our industry. Amazing. I mean, wow. I'm kind of I'm kind of awestruck again. Yeah. You know, just yeah. these incredible mm-hmm. legends and icons. So uh, Miss Vivian McKender. Thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Well, thank you so much for inviting me and congratulations to you both for what you're doing. And uh, I salute you both. Thank you so much. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.